Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year-long crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible. We'll include excerpts from his spoken ministry, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies, you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. Any nation or kingdom can only be as strong as its citizens. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of the heavens, as it's described in Matthew, is no different. So what are the people that inhabit this heavenly kingdom like? We'll see today. And Dennis Higashi has joined us once again as we continue our life study of Matthew, particularly as we look again at what we are calling the decree of the kingdom's constitution. Welcome back to the program, Dennis. Thank you, Chris. It is good to be back, and I am looking forward to this particular program. So, Dennis, this term constitution that we're using uh, in the context of the kingdom of God may seem a bit unusual to, uh, to people, but actually, as we've seen in some of the preceding programs, it's very relevant. Every kingdom, every nation needs a constitution as its basis uh, to establish its status uh, and how it operates its principles. But here, it's really a description as well of the inhabitants, the nature of the inhabitants of the kingdom, isn't it? That's correct, Chris. I appreciate that Matthew chapter 5 through 7, especially we will look at verses 1 through 12 today in chapter 5, the constitution is really a revelation of the spiritual living and heavenly principles of the kingdom of the heavens. In other words, a description of the heavenly people in God's kingdom on the earth today. That's, uh, I think, Dennis, is really a key. Uh, These are not attributes that we as Christians are uh, exhorted to observe from afar and then try to emulate or mimic. And this, I think, is maybe where a lot of confusion or perhaps the source of a lot of difficulty in many people's Christian life comes from. That's correct. But rather, it's a, it's a description of the nature of the kingdom life that's really been deposited into that's us. That's correct. We get a good overview today, Dennis, of these. There are nine blessings or attributes, specifically in these first 12 verses of the kingdom people. Uh, just quickly to review, blessed are the poor in spirit, are those who mourn, are those who are meek, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, and those who are merciful— those who are pure, who are peaceful, and who are persecuted and reproached for the sake of Christ. Marvelous uh, inhabitants of this kingdom, Dennis. Really so. Let's join Witness Lee with the first portion today. We know a basic principle for a country or for a nation or for a kingdom is to have the good people. If this country doesn't have the good people, and this country can never be a good country, a proper country needs the proper people. So, you see, in this constitution of the heavenly kingdom, the Lord Jesus firstly takes care of the people, takes care of the kind of people. And the kind of people 
we all know always depends upon the nature the nature of the people so these nine blessings are all related to the nature of the people in the first section of this constitution is to tell us the nature to reveal to us the nature of the people I would call your full attention to these nine aspects you have to see that every aspect of the nine deals mainly not with the outward material things it deals altogether with our inward being remember just nine words pick up just a word to uh, keep you all the time in a very good understanding of the nature of the kingdom people nine words poor mournful meek righteous merciful pure peaceful persecuted and reproached you could see what kind of people the kingdom people should be the kingdom people should be all the time poor in spirit and all the time mournful and meek and righteous toward themselves and merciful toward others and pure in their heart toward God and peaceful with all men and persecuted for righteousness and reproached for Christ well you just put this nine words together and add them you will get the total what in total that is the nature of the kingdom people Dennis a good summary of these nine characteristics there mm. Uh, nation or kingdom, as we mentioned earlier, it cannot be any stronger than the character of its citizens. This surely must be the case with the kingdom of the heavens. What do these nine things tell us about the nature of the kingdom people? Well, Chris, I think uh, in the previous two broadcasts, we covered these nine items in quite a bit of detail. I would just like to highlight maybe a couple of them to point some things out. I'm impressed how the word starts in being poor in spirit, signifying that not to have a poor spirit, but realizing that our spirit is the very organ created by God for us to know God and contact God. However, that particular organ can be filled with a lot of things that would prevent us from receiving something new of Christ. We have a a lot of things around us maybe regarding Christ, about Christ, but what we are lacking is the appetite and hunger for Christ himself. So as the Lord starts off in his speaking to the disciples, Mm -hmm. to be empty, to be poor in spirit, Mm. to have a spirit that is open to receive uh, something new. God's economy is coming on the scene in his New Testament and to be open in this way. And I think, Chris, this is not just a practice that the disciples uh, should be required to do, but this is even somewhat our daily practice. Every morning, 
uh, in our practical situation, we can also be empty to receive something fresh of the Lord every day. Uh, this is one of the characteristics of the nature of the kingdom people. Of course, these nine items are also very, very rich. We go from poor in spirit to being mournful. When we review the situation with the world today, we right. can see uh, God's glory is insulted, Christ is rejected, the spirit is frustrated, the church is desolate, the self is corrupted, the whole world is evil. And our reaction as the nature of the kingdom people is that we have to mourn uh, for the whole situation. And these are just two examples of these marvelous nine items. Dennis, uh, your your presentation here is absolutely a perfect lead-in to where we're going today. Uh, we're going to pick up this matter of meekness and uh, follow on as these uh, items progress one after the other and see how related they are and the kind of person, the nature uh, of the person that these describe. It's it's marvelous picture today. I, I really hope our listeners who probably think, gee, I've, I've heard this since I was a little kid in right. Sunday school. Uh, I really, I don't think any of us have really heard this before in, That's this, in the light of the kingdom that we're seeing uh, right. unfolded. So please stay with us. Uh, this is a real treat for us today in store. Let's go back to Witness Lee. The whole New Testament tells us to fight not against flesh and blood, but we wrestle, we fight with hope, we fight with the devil. Concerning the devil, concerning the enemy of God, we have to fight day and night. We don't fight against any human beings, even a real opposer, a real adversary. We don't fight against him. Rather, we have to be meek. Rather, we love them. We love when the persecutors beat your right cheek, you turn the left too. This is to be meek. To be meek means to not resist, not to fight back. But at the same time, we have to fight against the darkness. We have to fight against the enemy. And the enemy is not any human being, but the evil power in the in the air. Now you understand. You must see all the sequence. Firstly, we must be poor in our spirit. Then we can mourn. If you don't have the heavenly kingdom within you set up, established, you do not realize how negative, how poor, how pitiful the whole world is, right? When you have the Lord Jesus in you, setting up his kingdom, and you do have the full capacity for this kingdom in your whole being from the depths of your being, that is, from your spirit, then you realize, my, the whole earth is corrupted. Everything is dark, and every avenue is filled with sinful things, then what? Then simultaneously you will mourn. You will mourn for the sad situation. And spontaneously, no doubt, you'll be a meek person. 
because you are mourning for these pitiful people, right? But you love the Lord so much that at most look at your uncles, your in-laws, and look at uh, your uh, colleagues, uh, schoolmates, look at your neighbors. Who is one that is ready for the Lord? None. Oh, I don't need to say anything. You know, when you are poor in your spirit, you will surely mourn for the whole situation. When you will be mourning all the time for the people surrounding you, you would not be fighting against them. Rather, you will be what? You will feel pitiful. Then you will spontaneously be so meek to them. But as you are so meek to other people, you yourself must be righteous. You must be right. And you must hunger, thirst for this kind of righteousness. While you yourself will be so strict to yourself, but learn to be merciful to others. The kingdom people are, on the one hand, righteous, and on the other hand, merciful all the time. If you are not righteous with yourself and you are not merciful with others, it'd be hard for you to be pure in heart toward God. Dennis, the uh, sequence here that he uh, encouraged us to pay attention to really is very meaningful. Uh, it all seems to flow back to this first attribute of being poor in spirit that mm-hmm. you pointed out our last time together. Um, all of these aspects seem absolutely related to one thing, and that is that the king really has to have first set up his kingdom within us. That's correct. And then in the reality of his ruling in us, all of these items really flow out from that, don't they? That's correct, Chris. You know, I, I think what helps us is when we think about king and kingdom, again, we think about something objective. But the Lord has, who is the king subjectively, uh, is today has come into us when we have opened our heart to him. And when he comes, he comes with his kingdom. Right. Uh, these nine, actually, words are really a description of God himself as the very one who is in our spirit, living in our spirit. And so when we look at the Lord's life on the earth, we can see uh, he was altogether the consummation and the totality of these nine particular words. He surely was poor in spirit. He was mournful. He was meek. He was righteous, seeking and thirsting after righteousness, merciful, pure in heart, peaceful. No doubt he was persecuted. He was reproached. And so we can see that these nine words are a description of the very Christ that we have received into us. This is quite marvelous, Chris. I was impressed as he was speaking here, particularly uh, once we have experienced this person with these attributes uh, really taking up residence and beginning to rule within our being, uh, and we come in contact with him, uh, the sense of even being able to mourn for the situation that's yes. outside of us yes. is much more keen. Absent the divine life in us, we really didn't have a concept that's correct. that the world was that bad. That's of course, correct. we realize there are atrocities, but uh, we don't have the same sense of uh, concern and, and mourning that's that, correct. that such a dark, 
corrupted situation is inhabiting God's earth. Right. Uh, Christy, I, I like to follow up on that. Prior to being saved, we had some feeling about these particular items, but not into the degree of sensitivity that we do today. When the Lord comes into us as the king bringing his kingdom, these items are brought with the Lord, and they are just uh, within us. Actually, they are contained within the divine life. And I think in the next section, we can talk about this in further detail. Okay, let's go back to Witness Lee, and then uh, we'll have a few more minutes together, Dennis. Now you can see the sequence here. We will have a pure heart. We will be so pure, so single in the heart to our God. So the reward to this is that we shall see God. I assure you, go back and try to be strict with yourself and to have mercy upon others, then God will be seen by you. Then you will be a peaceful person. So strict with yourself, so merciful with others, and so pure toward God, you will be a peacemaker. You don't like to offend anyone. You don't like to hurt anyone. You don't like to damage anyone. You just act to make peace with everyone. But you are not a politician with a round head turning around all the time. You are a square person. To be righteous means to be square, not to be wrong. We all must be a square person, not a wrong person. You know, all the politicians from their youth, they've been trained to be wrong all the time. Uh, that is hypocrisy. That is falsehood, right? We must keep our righteousness square. Right is right, wrong is wrong. We got to be so square. You know, the New Jerusalem is not a wrong city. It's not a city of a circle. The New Jerusalem is called a square city. Then such a person, straight with themselves, and merciful to others and pure to God always spontaneously will be a peacemaker. Not fighting with anyone. Not hurting anyone. Yet all the time uh, maintaining, keeping peace with all the involved people. This is the peacemaker. This are not only sins of men, but sins of God. Just like their heavenly Father, right? They always keep peace with others. Dennis, I really like this as a concluding point today for us to use to have our last time together. The world around us is filled with the round persons that he was uh, <laughs> using there. I think we both enjoyed his uh, right. characterization of right. uh, politicians, and we don't need to, uh, I think, probably make it any more clear than that. But when the king is ruling from within us, the kind of person that appears to others is going to be very much uh, similar to the one within that is ruling. It seems like most of the problems that we experience in our Christian life are when we try to be this kind of person without experiencing the ruling one within us. 
It really is true, Chris. Without the experience, the fresh experience, the daily experience of this ruling one within us, we just become imitators of these nine things. And eventually, our mournfulness, our meekness, uh, our mercifulness all end abruptly right. when a particular situation comes up. I like the way it ended, and Brother Lee mentioned this, that in verse 9 it says that the peacemakers shall be called the sons of God. Yeah. This is not just an objective title. Chris, this means that we have received the very life and nature of the Father. I think the greatest miracle in the entire universe is that men can be made sons of God. Chris, this this means that we have received the very element and life of God. Surely, just as the human life, as you and I have received the human life from our parents, we have certain characteristics and attributes that are contained within that human element or that human seed. In the same way, when we have received the divine life, it has come in the form of a divine seed, as seen in the book of First John. And within this divine seed are certain elements, and these elements are the nine items here listed in Matthew 5. Through seven. So not only is Christ the one that portrays or that exemplifies or that lives these nine items because he is in us today as the divine life with the divine seed, we also, through the divine life, can live out these nine items. And conclusively, or at the end, we are called the sons of God today. So it's not just in Christ, but now Christ is in us, and we are also the ones living out these particular nine items, not through our self-effort, but simply through experiencing the ruling one within us. Dennis, we've got a little bit of time left. I'd like to pick up the term that you used here. It's one that, as the life study of Matthew continues, is going to become more and more prevalent, and that is the seed of the divine life, or the seed of the kingdom. The principle here that's uh, evident in the using of that term may not be uh, immediately obvious to our listeners, but it's really applicable to what we're talking about today. Develop this thought a little bit about all that's contained in a seed. Just as in the human seed, all the the character, the virtues, the Everything is needed, everything is found, everything is contained in that human seed. It may be small, it may be immature, but as it grows, everything that the human being needs, that the human body needs, is contained within that seed. In the same way, we've received Christ as the divine seed, as the divine life. All the attributes, the rich attributes of God, are found in this divine seed. And as Christ, when we live out the rich attributes of God, these attributes become the virtues that are so aromatic. This is why the Lord is so attractive to Mm. people. He didn't attract people, Chris, as we covered in the other broadcast. He didn't attract people with something he did, with something he, uh, some miracle. He just himself, his very person, his very presence was so attractive. Why? Because he was a man who lived God. And in the same way, Chris, we also, we are human beings, but we have been regenerated. We have been reborn of the Father. And today, we can really be the sons of God, not just in title, but actually in living. Yeah, that the people around would look at these ones and describe them as the sons of God. This is not an accidental usage of the term, is it? No, not at all. We really have the seed of the Son in us. That's correct. Hallelujah. Dennis, wonderful fellowship on a a topic that's inexhaustible. Uh, Certainly we can't do it in 30 minutes. So uh, we have several more programs devoted to the constitution of the kingdom and the constitution of the kingdom people. And uh, before we 
depart, let's point out that these life study messages uh, that we are covering are also available in a complete printed form. And those are marvelous, a tremendous resource. And more and more people are discovering the value of these life study messages. They're uh, packaged in a very convenient format, and we make them very uh, affordable for our listeners. So if you'd like to contact us, we'll give you information about how you can receive these as well. Also, our toll-free number for you to get in contact with us is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or you can send email to us, radio at lsm.org. Today, for Dennis Higashi, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. If you'd like to read the works of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee, just visit our website, ministrybooks.org. From there, you'll find over 600 complete titles available to read online free of charge. Witness Lee's ministry stood squarely on the shoulders of his mentor and co-worker, Watchman Nee, as well as those of countless ministers of the New Testament throughout the ages. The riches contained in his life study of the Bible represent the top, the cream of his 70-plus years of ministry and range in topic from lessons for new believers to commentary and exposition on passages from every book of the Bible. But they all contain practical and deeper truths about the Christian life. Again, this wonderful online resource is available to you free of charge at ministrybooks.org. If you have questions or comments about this ministry, or the program you heard today, email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening today.